This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, we're continuing with my epic adventure series, where we chat with our friends and co-workers about some of their most noteworthy standout trips. And today we are hearing a tale from none other than our very own Jamie Hale. Jamie, you've already told plenty of epic adventure stories here on the podcast. So I have to imagine you have quite a good one for us today. <laughs> well, th- this this one in particular might not be like my, my biggest adventure that I've done. Um, but it is pretty big to me, like on, on a personal level, I think. Um, because it, it was my very first backpacking trip that I ever did. Oh my gosh. Wow. There's nothing that stands out more in my mind than my own first backpacking trip. So <laughs> I'm excited to hear. I feel like those first backpacking trips are always like, you know, a check to the ego. You really got to learn a lot and you take a lot in oh, from yeah. these. So Jamie, when was this exactly? So this was um, June of 2017, the last week of spring of that year, which is, I know, not that long ago. Um, It feels like forever ago to me, but um, I didn't grow up doing outdoor stuff. Um, I didn't grow up doing a lot of hiking or biking or kayaking, and I had never been backpacking. You know, I did some, some Cub Scout camping trips, but like never an actual backpacking trip. And so I had been doing the outdoors and travel beat for, I think about two years at that point, maybe a year and a half. Um, and I was like, I had, I had been thinking like, I, you know, I just, I need to, I need to have this experience if I'm going to keep writing about it. Um, and so that, that spring, it was, um, kind of a really difficult time for me personally. I had just um, come to the end of a really long and difficult romantic relationship that had just ended. And I was in between like living situations. Like I was living in like this, this place that was like, you know, half a living space, half a, an abandoned office space, like in the Pearl district. Um, like my stuff was all in boxes and I just, I had like vacation time I had to use. And I was really like, not not wanting to do anything very, you know, expensive or anything like, you know, too far away. I kind of just wanted to 
to do something to get out and just get my mind off of everything that was going on in my life. And I thought, well, this is a good opportunity to do some, some backpacking because as I understand, it's a great chance to sort of immerse into nature, um, you know, get in touch with your body and your, find your physical limits and all this stuff. What I didn't really consider was that doing like a multiple day backpacking trip solo with no experience doing this was like maybe an intense thing <laughs> to do. <laughs> but I, I, I pushed on anyway and I had my sights set on a trail that, um, looked to be like a pretty good beginner backpacking trail. And that is the, the rogue river trail, which is in the Southwest corner of Oregon, um, through the rogue river Canyon. Um, it's, it's a really beautiful spot. Um, it's about a 40 mile trail end to end. Um, and I, I, I was, I was super excited to go check it out. Oh my gosh. So how much of this trail were you prepping to do exactly? The whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. You got to do the whole thing. Um, that's it's, this is like backcountry wilderness. Um, there's like a couple points where you could do jump in and jump out. So the background is I had done a little bit of it before earlier that spring. Um, I drove all the way out to this, this midpoint. It's this crazy windy back roads you can take and jump into sort of the middle of the trail and walk a few miles. And I, and I went back to my car and drove out. So I had seen a little bit of it already. Um, and it was so beautiful. I, I was captivated. I wanted to do the whole thing, but it wasn't really feasible for me. And I think, you know, I, I could have done less of it, but I really wanted to do all of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really wanted to spend the week just doing this whole thing. So um, I gave myself uh, four nights and five days to do the whole thing which felt extremely doable. And you said this is a, a point to point 40 miles. So how are yes. you planning that out? Well, so I did some research um, because this is a, a really popular spot. People do this um, all the time. So I found um, a, there's like a river outfitter um, that's based just outside of Grants Pass, which is where the trail was one of the one of the ends of the trail begins. And they have a car shuttle service. So, um, on the first day, uh, I drove from Grants Pass where I was, I had stayed the previous night out to this, um, outfitter in, I want to say it was in the town of Merlin. And, um, you know, I, I dropped off my car with them, um, and arranged a time and day for them to leave it at the other end. Um, and then they gave me a shuttle to the trailhead. And I remember, uh, being on that shuttle, with just like this, you know, 22 year old guy. And I was so nervous and I was telling him, I was like, man, I've never been backpacking before. Like I'm pretty nervous about it. And he's like, you know what? I've never been backpacking before either. It seems crazy. So, but have a fun time. And I was like, thank simultaneously, like really like, Oh wow. Cool. Like there's some, I feel kind of seen by this guy. And also like, Oh man, this is making me more nervous now. But, but you know, it, it was um, the feeling though of being dropped off at the trailhead um, and watching that guy drive away. Uh, it was this like I can't quite describe the, the emotion, but it was. Um, I mean, I, I felt really alone in 
and in ways that are both sort of good and sort of difficult. Um, but like, I didn't have my car, you know, I didn't have cell service. So my cell phone was off. Um, I just had my backpack, my brand new backpack I had just purchased, um, which was way overstuffed <laughs> with all kinds of stuff. And, you know, my only task was to like walk to the other end of this trail. Uh, I have so many questions for you, Jamie. Um, <laughs> first off, so obviously you said you, you bought a brand new backpack. What other preparation yeah. went, went into this first backpacking trip? You know, not enough is the truth. Um, I, <laughs> because I think again, I was like, you know, in between living situations, um, I, I had sort of cobbled together um, some camping gear that I had, but I didn't have like a lightweight tent. So I had like my full kind of big tent. Um, I, I think I chose not to bring a sleeping bag because it was pretty warm. So I, I got like, um, a sort of small sleeping sack, sort of like a sheets that you can, that are sort of sewn into a, like a sort of cocoon that you can put yourself into. And I may have packed a blanket as well. Um, and like, uh, you know, they, this is like bear country. So they, they definitely advise you to bring some bear protection. Um, so I, I, I opted for, because my pack was already so heavy. I opted for the, these bear bags, which are supposed to be like scent proof, like heavy duty Ziploc bags, basically that like bears are not supposed to be able to, you know, smell things through. And I was a little skeptical about how well that would work, but I was like, well, let's just go for it. Um, I made a lot of mistakes, things that I would definitely tell people not to do. Um, like I didn't have any way to hang my food. Um, I, I didn't, <laughs> I, I definitely packed too many things that were too heavy. Um, but you know, I, I, it, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, I remember looking like at, <laughs> I had printed out like this, there's this big packet of like information to know on the trail, like the map and places where you can get water and all of this stuff. Um, and I, they, they said places to get water in my, my, um, my, in my sort of naive thinking, I thought that would mean like, oh, there's like a spigot on the trail. <laughs> um, like you see at campgrounds, <laughs> um, obviously not the case, which I didn't quite realize until I got there. And I was like, well, thank God I brought a water filter because I'm drinking out of like trickling creeks, um, and filling up my, like, you know, my Nalgene bottle of those. So uh, I, I brought in just enough supplies, as it turns out, to stay safe. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely could have made it more comfortable and easy for myself. That Cub Scout training coming through. <laughs> 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 oh, gosh. Okay. So you had, you had you know, some basics with you. Um <laughs> Was there anything like as this first day, were there like immediate things you learned or that you wish you would have had, you know, very early on into this trip? Well, the, the first thing I, I understood about backpacking as soon as I started hiking was just how unprepared my joints were for ah. the experience of carrying so much extra weight. Um like I kind of thought that might happen, but it's not something you can really know until you're, you're there. So as I was hiking, um, along the trail, uh, I, I really started to feel like my ankles, my knees, my feet 
all really started to hurt pretty, you know, w- within like eight or nine miles or so. Yeah. I was really, really feeling it. Um, and that's, that. you know, that's, that's just the way it goes. That, that's something you have to build up through experience, I think. Yeah. Um, but that, that became apparent immediately. <laughs> okay. So kind of t- take us through, take us through this trip. Okay. Well, so I, I had, um, done a little bit of research to sort of figure out, map out how I wanted to do it. So this is 40 miles, right? And there are a lot of places to camp, a lot of places to stay along the way. There's a ton of like, um, little you know, raft in campsites. Cause this is along a river that some people do this like via, uh, rafting trips or something like that. There's a lot of sort of forested campsites. There's a few lodges along the way. So my plan was to do, um, the first day to sort of front front load the mileage. And that's something I got from, uh, Zach Ernest, who's the outdoors and travel writer for the Statesman journal down in Salem, who knows Southern Oregon, who's written about this trail. And he was like, that's the way to do it. Just start off doing your heavy mileage from the start. And that turned out to be, I think, a great idea because that was when my body was like not as, as beat up as it would become. Um, so the first day I, I started at the Grave Creek um, boat launch, which is one of the trailheads. And I hiked 13 miles to a place called Meadow Creek. Um, 13 miles is a pretty long day hike, but I had all day to do it. So I really took my time, took lots of breaks and, um, set up camp alongside the river at this like sort of raft in site. It's kind of tucked away into the trees a little bit. I tried to set up my tent originally, like right on the river thinking that would be a good idea, but the wind coming through the Canyon is, it can't be pretty intense. My, my tent was immediately like blowing out of its stakes that were like, I tried to do into the sand, you know, it was, it was really a really bad, so I had to move everything a little farther off the, off the banks, um, some were more secure. And uh, once I was in that that nice little camp spot, um, I just got to sort of watch the day turn into evening, evening turn into night. Um, I wasn't making uh, fires at all on this trip. I, I chose to not sort of bring any fire equipment um, because I felt like I didn't, it was warm enough. I didn't need it for warmth. It was light enough. I mean, this is like right before the summer solstice. So it was light for a long time. Um, I just sat by the river and kind of just soaked in the peacefulness of it. And being at that point that I was in my life, um, I had like a lot to sort of think about and a lot to reflect on. And that was sort of what I ended up doing on this trip because I was out there by myself. Um, I had this journal, which I still have today, where I just sort of, you know, reflected on everything that was going through my my head at that time. Um, And it was really nice for that purpose. And I think that's that's sort of when people go backpacking, that they they want to immerse themselves into nature in this way. I think that's what a lot of people do. And I really wanted to take advantage of that opportunity and of that moment I had to allow that that uh, immersion into nature to to bring me, um, you know, really healthy benefits um, mentally and emotionally as well. Absolutely. So you obviously took time to kind of self-reflect. And then as you were going, was there any other self-reflection here as far as realization about like, am I too far in over my head here? Like, how are you feeling about this? Oh, yeah. I think I ask myself that constantly. But the thing about it is like, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, was this a bad idea? But I was 13 miles into the wilderness. There's no, <laughs> there's no bailing out at that point. 
um, I'm like, if I'm not gravely injured, I'm not going to flag down someone to, you know, helicopter me out. Um, so at that point it was just sort of me against myself. Um, Mm -hmm. how, how much could I get in my own way? And I I started playing the mental games. The second day, um, I was back on my feet and the plan for the second day was to do sort of another heavy day of hiking. So I did 10 miles on the second day. Um, from that little campsite at Meadow Creek, this place called the Tucker Flat Campground, which is like a, a built, established campground. So there were, you know, uh, bathrooms and um, you can drive there, but it's a really, again, a really long drive to get there. Um, but again, after that 13 mile day, doing those 10 miles, my body was feeling wrecked. Um, and I kept, you know, fighting off sort of that negative self-talk of like, um, of just what you're saying of like, you know, oh, am I in over, over my head? Um, can I even do this? Like, um, my feet were really blistering at that point. Um, my, my knees were starting to hurt a bit. I didn't have trekking poles, um, which I know a lot of people use. Um, but I did have like a single collapsible one, like sort of like a cane that I have with me in case like I get injured. It's a good thing to have. Um, and that second day I really did break it out because my knees, at least one of my knees was really starting to feel it. So I started using that, um, and just trying to replace that negative self-talk with like positive self-talk of like, just, you know, singing to myself, encouraging myself to sort of walk on and enjoy it and sort of be in the present and not to be in the present in a positive way. Instead of being in the present of like thinking about how much it hurt every time I took a step, (laughs) um, and uh, the, the cool thing about being in the Rogue River Trail, too, is that it is really, truly so wild. Um, so on that second day, I, you know, I saw up ahead in the trail a black bear dart into the woods. Oh, my gosh. Um, it saw me way before I saw it. I, I, a step, I looked as I stepped down once to see myself stepping into the S-curve of a snake <gasps> and, like, jumped back a bit. You know, it was like that one of those moments where I, I think I probably made some sort of really embarrassing noise like a, um, and the snake, you know, it slithered away. It was fine. And, um, I did in that, that second day pick up a tick as well on, on my body. This is a a really tick heavy area. Um, something to know if you want to go hiking on rogue river trail. And I, I, I got it like on my, like on my belly, like just below my belly button. Somehow it had, it had gotten like under my shirt up there. Um, and it was huge, but I got it before it got in too deep and I sort of just was able to pull it off with my fingers. Um, but it did swell up quite a bit for some reason. Um, and so I had that, so I, you know, as I was getting to the end of that, that second day, like my body hurt, I had a tick bite, I'd seen a bear, I'd seen a snake. I was like, but I was, I was really trying to stay positive about it. Um, I was just like, wow, this is this is crazy. This is an absolutely wild experience that I'm on. Um, how cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay. So that was, that was roughly half of the trip right there. Right. Yeah. 23 miles in the first two days. So I really got a lot of it out of the way. How did it go from there after bears, ticks and snakes? Uh, hopefully there's only (laughs) up from there, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, so the, the first, that second night I was at the campground, there were some other backpackers staying, you know, sort of next to me. Um, they invited me over for a fire. They're like, Oh, come on over. And, you know, and I was in sort of like my very sort of isolated phase and I was tempted to say no, but I was like, no, 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 you're, you're not going to see many people here. Like just go hang out with them. So I, I went to the fire and hung out and 
we talked about backpacking for a little bit and they were clearly like very experienced backpackers and they both asked me, they said, Oh, so how much does your, does your pack weigh? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't, I don't have a scale. Like I didn't weigh it. Like, what do you mean? It, it did not occur to me to weigh my backpack. And honestly, still, it still is something I don't, yeah. I don't do. Um, I kind of feel like you have what you have. Um, and I, I definitely felt like I could have gone lighter and, um, that would have been nice. <laughs> um, but I, I had no idea, but it, it just really sort of showed me like how, how different, uh, of a world I was living in, um, than these people and how, how much more there was to this sort of this world of backpacking. Um, but I had a nice night. I slept heavy every night yeah. I was there. And the, on day three, I woke up and I had, um, a four mile day, really, really short. Um, I woke up with the sun at like five o'clock, uh, not that early, but like six o'clock or mm-hmm. something like that. And, um, in this, this stretch of the trail, I was, I was hiking from there to this place called the Paradise Lodge, which I, I believe I've talked about here in the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beautiful backcountry lodge um, right on the river. They have, you know, bedrooms with hot showers and they have a full kitchen. And, you know, your stay there includes meals and there's like leather couches yes. and a fireplace <laughs> and cold beer and like all this stuff. And I was psyched to be there. Um, so I got up and, and left pretty early in the morning and this, this stretch between the, this, um, campground and paradise lodge is I think the most beautiful stretch of the trail. So I was hiking in that early morning light. Um, it was really silent uh, and there were a lot of birds out, um, hiking above, um, there's some waterfalls on the other side of the river, um, sat on the cliffs for a while and ate breakfast um, really just soaked it up and enjoyed it as much as I could. And my body again was still hurting quite a lot. So I was really taking those four miles pretty slowly. Um, but when I got to the paradise lodge, it was way too early to check in. Obviously it was like 10 in the morning. Um, but they were like, you know, your room's ready. So yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, and I took a shower. I got like, you know, a, a cold glass of lemonade, Um, I got, I think I got a beer at like 11 in the morning or something (laughs) and, um, sat there on, on the, the deck, um, for probably the entire day or just about the entire day, looking out at the river, journaling again, um, and just putting my feet up. And it was so necessary for me at that point to like have a day of rest essentially, um, you know, it, it's something that it, it's sort of a bougie way to do a backpacking trip to stay in like this lodge, but that's just who I am. And that was something I was, I was sort of learning about myself is that I love the wilderness experience and I love the sort of more pampered experience, the more comfortable experience, if you will. Um, I like having it both. So I love being able to backpack to a lodge. Um, I love staying at hotels and like cool, interesting lodges and stuff like that. Um, and I like being by myself in the, in, in the wilderness. So this trail offering both of those worlds was a really, really cool opportunity. Yeah. And there is nothing wrong with that. That is, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, right. to do that self-reflection and be like, yeah, I don't need to be like out in the woods every single day of this trail. Like I don't need to sleep in my tent every single day. If there's this <laughs> fancy lodge, I'm going to take it up, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, I love that. And that it seems very much well-deserved to, you know, have some luxurious relaxation. 
Yeah. You know, and it's funny not coming at the end of the hike, but coming sort of in the middle of it or roughly sort of two thirds of the way through, like I had that, that relaxation and it felt so nice. And then I kept thinking as sort of that day came to an end, I was like, wow, tomorrow morning, I'm really getting back on the trail and I'm doing the backpacking thing again. Um, and I had a little resistance to doing that, but then, you know, the next morning came and I did feel refreshed. took another shower, um, felt really good. And I had, I did have another short day. I, I planned this out so that I had another short day after this. So day four, um, I did just five miles from the lodge to, another small campsite at this place called Tacoma, just mm -hmm. like the city. Um, it was sort of one of these raft in places. Um, so there was a number of, of sort of small backcountry sites around a small beach on the river. Um, they had, this is also where it, the, the trail enters like bear country. So it's all roughly bear country, but this is the part where like, they're like, no, this is seriously, seriously bear country. This is where every campsite all of a sudden has, um, bear boxes, uh, bear, bear wire, um, lots of signs about like, beware of the bears. Um, and the first bear box I came to on the trail, uh, was like completely busted open. So I thought that was not a great sign. Like the bears have been figuring this out. Um, but the, the campsite I was at, um, did have some bear wire, but, um, was that, that was obviously a very natural choice was to put all of my food inside the bear wire. That's about as safe as you can get out there. But I, <laughs> I, it was the last night and I was, I've been using these bear bags the whole time. And I, I kept wondering every night when I go to sleep, I was like, how good are these bear bags though? Because I kept having these images of like a bear coming into my tent to get my food. Again, not a thing you're supposed to do keeping your food in the tent. But I was like, I don't trust these bags. So I was like, let me, let me just see how it is. I'll, I'll, I'll keep a couple of things that I really need for my, my last morning. Um, and I'll leave a few things in the bear bag and I'll like, I like left it uh, away from my campsite a little bit, like under a rock, um, next to a tree. Right. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> this is, this is my genius plan. Well, I didn't know. I was like, if a bear is going to find it, like, you know, if it can find it here, that means that these bear bags do not work, or at least this one is maybe too old. It didn't work. Um, and so I did that and I went to sleep and, um, I was thinking a lot about this bear protections as I was laying in my tent. I did as a side note, a, another couple came and set up camp near me, um, in the evening. And while I was laying in bed at that night, I did hear bears, um, steal their hanging food that they had hung from a tree. Um, and this is something that I've, I, that bears have been known to do in this area, especially they'll get like on each other's shoulders to get food down, like hanging from a tree. They are smart. They'll like cut your, your rope. You know, they, they know what, what the deal is. So I felt bad for those people, but I was like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be one of those people in the morning. We'll see how the bear bag does. Um, the next morning I wake up, I go to the tree, I, I turn over the rock, my bear bag's gone. It's totally gone. It's not there. There's no trace of it anywhere. Um, but you know, I, again, I had like, I had some more food in my car that was going to be there. Like, you know, that uh -huh. morning I had some enough food to get me through the morning. So it was, it was fine. But I was like, I'm not going to trust those bear bags again. You know, I know that they advertise them as fine and maybe they're fine in certain situations, but 
this clearly did not work for me. Um, so, um, I packed up my tent, packed up my camp stuff, and this is day five, the last day in the trail. I had an eight mile push to the, the other end of the trail at this place called Foster Bar. Um, so I, you know, I was feeling again, like pretty tired, but I had had a couple of short days and I was like, all right, let's just do this push. Let's get through it. So I started again pretty early in the morning with that nice early light. And I just like busted through the last eight miles of trail. And it was, you know, my body definitely hurt, but I think the, the adrenaline I got from like the excitement of finishing this was enough to push me through the rest of this trail. And I got through it pretty quickly about as fast as I think I probably, you know, humanly could and got to the other end, got to this boat launch, um, beautiful bend in the river. And at the parking lot, there was my car right there, um, where they had left it. And I, before I got my car, I, you know, I packed my stuff up and I, I took a minute to sit by the river and do a last little bit of journaling. And, you know, I, I, I did feel like I was really proud of myself for doing this yeah. trip. It hadn't yet sunk in all the sort of like stupid decisions <laughs> I had made. <laughs> I, you know, that came, that came later and in the years yeah. later too. I was just like, yeah. I did it. You know, this is this, this crazy thing that I did and I, and I did it. Um, and it, I think if, again, at that point in my life, it felt really good to like have this big personal accomplishment. Um, it really did a lot for, I think my self self-confidence and my sense of like, um, like, you know, fighting back against that sort of, uh, imposter syndrome feeling at doing, you know, outdoors and travel reporting without having done this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, now I can say I've done, I've got this better understanding of what this is now. Um, it, it, I think it was overall just a really, um, really profound experience. So looking back at it now, I mean, it sounds from everything you've described, this seems like it was a pretty, you know, formative experience for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, and aside from just the, the skills learned backpacking, all that reflection I had been doing on the trail, um, you know, stuff about my life and, you know, um, my, my history, my past, you know, uh, romantic relationships, stuff from my childhood and, um, you know, spirituality and my relationship with nature, all these things that have been coming up. It was a great opportunity to just spend like a, a week essentially just thinking about and reflecting on that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like it's so rare to have that opportunity. And if you're on, if you're doing a backtracking trip like this with somebody else, which again, maybe would have been smarter, safer, and more enjoyable. Um, but if I had done it with somebody else, I would not have had the opportunity to do that level of deep reflection. Um, and that's, so I, I was really grateful to have that. And to go back through the notebook I have, um, which I do from time to time, it's really cool to have all of that documented. Um, and even more so to have sort of put it on paper, to do that act of, of writing that down, um, just did so much to sort of get it out of my system and um, to, to do that growth actively. Well, what an incredible first backpacking trip, Jamie, like, <laughs> in all senses, you know? Uh, wow. Um, so what, what advice do you have for people who want to do the Rogue River Trail? Would you tell people who are wanting to do this as their first backpacking trip, do you give this endorsement as a good first backpacking trip? <laughs> I think if, if you're going with other people, 
um, it, it makes a great first backpacking trip. That the hard thing about going solo is you're carrying everything, um, and that all of that weight just makes it so much harder on the body. Um, if I had been carrying half of the weight that I had, or even two thirds of it, it would have been, I think, a lot easier. Um, so if you're going with other folks, definitely recommend this. It's, um, a pretty flat trail. There's lots of sort of like small ups and downs. So the ultimate elevation gain, um, is a lot, but it's not climbing up the sides of any mountains. Um, there's not a lot of really steep inclines. Um, and there's a lot of like, you know, again, campsites along the way. Um, there's that official campground. There's another lodge there. Um, so there's a lot of ways to do it, to, to have some comfort as well. Um, so I, I think it's, it's easily one of the best backpacking trips in Oregon and a great spot if you're just sort of getting into backpacking, or maybe you are looking for a, a little bit of a longer trip. Absolutely. Sounds like it. Any other last tips for people, whether that's tick prevention or what to do when you come across <laughs> a snake or a bear? <laughs> Don't freak out too much. Don't be too nervous. People get really nervous when they're in their tents about sounds that are outside. Um, it's like every scurry is like, it's something that's going to eat me. But there's so few things out there that are legitimately dangerous. I mean, obviously, yes, watch for ticks. Obviously, yes, bring sunscreen, bug spray. Those are great things to have. Um, you know, do your food properly. <laughs> don't, don't be like me and do it, do it right. Um, but like black bears in general pose a very small threat to people. Um, you know, snakes in general pose a very small threat. Uh, you know, as long as you're picking ticks off of you, you're fine. You know, there, it, m almost everything out there is good and, um, safe for you to experience. So, um, don't worry about it too much. Um, it, em embrace the weird sounds that are happening outside your tent and be happy knowing there's some cool stuff out there. Um, I like to sort of replace like, a, oh my God, what is that? With like a, oh my God, what is that? Um, <laughs> that curiosity uh, helps, I think, eliminate some of the fear. One final question for you. Uh, what bear gear do you now have to replace those bear bags that you did have? <laughs> well, uh, a couple years later, I went to Olympic National Park and did some backpacking there and they mandate you, you that you bring a bear canister um, which is super bulky, uh -huh. pretty annoying, uh -huh. but really, really, really effective. So I carry that bear canister now if I'm going into bear country. Um, it adds so much weight to your pack, but um, you're you're not going to have to worry about bears getting into your food. You can put it away from your tent, you know, away from your site, you know, maybe even under a rock or something, or kind of against a tree, hide it away a little bit. Um, but a bear is not going to get into that. Um, so that's what I use now. Primarily it's, it, it's fail safe. And I, I just don't have to worry about a bear coming into my tent or snatching my food hanging. Um, but again, if there's bear wire, use it, just use the bear yep. wire. Don't lose your stuff. <laughs> Words from the wise of Jamie Hale's first backpacking trip. <laughs> we love to hear it. Well, folks, until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel, as well as HereIsOregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast, as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. 
You can find details at organlive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you're interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at oregonian.com. This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.